640, more stimulating talk. It's the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. Happy New Year. Happy 2018. I hope your year is off to one fabulous start. It's a clean slate. It's a blank slate. But let's find out what's trending. Time for What's Happening. You know how I was talking about the USC Trojans in the last segment, how they've been disappointing me? Well, you also know I'm a Laker fan. And the Lakers, my gosh, they are horrible. They are effing horrible, which I call horrible. They're 11-24, and and the reason why they're trending is because last night they took a sure victory and turned it into their sixth consecutive loss to become 11 wins against 24 losses, the worst in the Western Conference, the second worst record in the NBA. This is after all the ballyhoo of Lonzo Ball joining the team as the second overall pick. Oh, my gosh, he's out. He's hurt. He's injured. So he's not even playing at the moment. After these moves made by the front office to make the team more attractive to possibly garnering, garnering a free agent or two by the name of LeBron James and Paul George. What is wrong with sports in L.A. right about now? With the exception of my Rams, the Chargers did so well the last nine games of the season. But since they did so poorly the first four games, they won yesterday and didn't make the playoffs. The Rams got blown out but they are in the playoffs. I guess there's that. But the Lakers are trending for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Joey, are you a Laker fan? Uh, I am. I am, unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) I know that this has been very painful for me. I thought that Lonzo Ball was going to make the team better, but I didn't think at all that he was going to fundamentally change the fortunes of the team. I I don't know what to think anymore. I just think that this... This franchise is still a good four or five years away, and it seems like it never gets any closer. Three years ago, they were four or five years away. Last year, they were four or five years away. Now, they're about four or five years away, maybe six. Because no one of their core talent, with the exception of maybe Kyle Kuzma, and maybe he seems like he's a star only within the confines of playing on the Lakers, as opposed to a star in his own right, Kyle Kuzma was the other draft pick for the Lakers. He's been doing just fine. But if you're a very good player against a bunch of nothings, does that make you a star or you're just the best of the bad players that the Lakers have? Yeah, and they're trending right now. What's also trending? Pot in California. Shocking. Yeah, no surprise there. People are flocking to pot shops in San Diego, specifically. Yeah, San Diego, Santa Ana, Palm Springs. Not so much here. We don't have any opening until tomorrow. Not yet. I guess L.A. said, uh, you're going to have to wait till Tuesday. There's 300 cities where it's not going to be legal because they haven't approved it yet. Anaheim is one of them. Riverside is one. I, I, I guess people would, yeah, people would drive for this. In L.A., we drive for just about everything. So if it's not available everywhere, people will be willing to take a trip across town. I mean, I, I drive 30 miles to work each day, so. I drive to BevMo. It's kind of out of the way. Are you rubbing in the fact that you don't have a long commute? No. No, I'm just saying if people are going to drive to a liquor store, 
they'll drive to a pot shop, right? Yeah, but usually, depending on where you live, you can find a liquor store or liquor in a grocery store just about every two blocks or so. Well, but that's different than Bevmo and Total Wine and more. Like yes. The cool. The yes. Specialty, big liquor, the the Costco of liquor stores, kind of. Yeah, I, I see your point. And people will, yes, will go out of the way because it is a specialty item. And so they're willing to go the extra mile, pun intended. I wonder if they're going to have marijuana superstores. It has to go that way. <laughs> because you have those those medicinal uh, dispensaries with all these exotic items. And now that you can sell the, these items without a medical license, you just have to have the appropriate business license. You have to distinguish yourself from the competition on some level in terms of variety or quality or potency or something. I have a friend who got ahead of the game because he said it's about to become legal. And so he started making marijuana chocolate. Yeah, that makes sense. And he, here's a funny story though. He said he, he wanted it to taste good. He didn't want it to, you know, taste like marijuana chocolate. And so we had to test it. And he said, I got so high one day trying to make it taste good. <laughs> uh, that that pungent the- smell Ugh. just comes through no matter what. Even if it's an edible and you're ingesting it, it just seeps on through. No thanks. But but to your point, yeah, no thanks for me as well. But to your point, yes, businesses will be definitely competing for this business. I mean, this is oh, a multi-billion yeah. dollar business. And of course, since demand is going to be highest right about now this is when you want to be able to to cement your brand loyalty if you can be uh, dependable and affordable and or offer something which is of a, a higher quality or consistency people are going to choose you and i'm quite sure once people get in the habit of going to i don't want to call them a dealer but a supplier don't well you know what i mean it, it, once you get a loyal customer base then they'll keep coming i mean if you can Guarantee a degree of, you know, whatever. Knock yourselves out. It's not for me. It wasn't meant for me. And I don't get the whole fascination with it. I understand it does have medicinal uses, especially for people who are suffering from any number of diseases. I'm all good with that. But we're not talking about that. We're definitely not talking about that. At least there's one sane person in the studio today. Can't speak for Curtis or Joey. And look at look at Curtis with his marijuana green T-shirt on today, <laughs> trying to be undercover in his celebration. It was my only clean shirt, but I don't know if that's yeah. good or bad. Yeah, I don't know either. How do you ever get down to one clean shirt? I'm also kind of living out of a out of a gym bag right now, so it's a little different. Are you homeless? Well, no, I actually just went back to my dad's for. So uh, you were homeless yeah, for a little bit, yeah, for like a week. <laughs> I don't know whether I should laugh at that or not. Not a joke. <laughs> Do you need a hug? I mean, maybe. Okay. Group hug. <sighs> Better? Thoughts and prayers to Curtis. I didn't mean to make fun of your marijuana shirt. I just didn't think it was a coincidence, okay? Is is that a marijuana plant inside that letter there? It's a crown, but... Okay, it looked for, like... For, it, for, the, for the bit, yeah. yeah. No, no, but from a distance, it looked like a weed plant. It just did. Okay, I'll get off your shirt. But but Joey, are you a person who imbibes or? And I'm sorry, but I was I. In terms of the use of marijuana, yeah, in a recreational sense. Oh, recreational. Yes. Yeah. No. 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 I can't. 
I mean, He's maybe it's strictly as business today, for him. <laughs> maybe as of today. He, did you hear how he parsed that answer? I, he said, I, I need to, you to be specific as far as <laughs> yeah. how I need to answer this. Pretty careful guy. Yeah. Wait, it just became legal today. So yesterday I could have been. That's right. Absolutely uh -huh. right. No, I, I, I kid with Joey because uh, last week on the program, I was oh, telling him about the time in which I got kicked out of Disneyland. I still can't believe you did that. For hijinks. And then I looked to Joey, and he told his time about getting kicked out of Six Flags. That's right, yeah. You got kicked out before you even got in the park. Yep. <laughs> and it had something to do with some sort of paraphernalia, something, something, yeah. something. I don't quite remember. Yeah. It was a corn cob pipe. A corn cob pipe. And did you have a button nose, too? That's what I said last <laughs> time, too, with two eyes made out of corn. Coal. Oh, I thought it was corn. It was coal? Eyes are made out of coal. Whatever. I had the wrong lyrics for years. <laughs> He's been Whatever. singing them wrong his whole life. Right syllables. It's okay. Well, maybe we didn't have coal in California. We didn't have snow either, so. We use corn for fire. <laughs> okay. Laugh it up. Laugh it up. Also, did you know, since we're talking about marijuana, let's, what's the likely next subject? Guns. It makes sense. Did you know only... 197 concealed carry permits have been granted for some 10.2 million L.A. County residents. How many? 197. Mind-blowing. Honestly. There are more guns than that out there. Maybe. But there as were far more as... guns than that going off in your neighborhood last night. Oh, there were 197 weapons in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. They probably had their permits out, too, right? Their concealed weapon permits. Well, when I was speaking to Brian Suits last year about what it takes to get a concealed carry permit in California specifically, mm -hmm. from what he was telling me, it was not all that involved as far as the requirements for it and showing the need and, and so forth. And I'm surprised that there aren't more specifically in L.A. County. Now, it may be different in Orange County, but as far as L.A. County, you would think there absolutely would be more. Because you can't brandish your weapon out on the street anyway, right? So you would think that, like, pretty much for all guns, you would need to have a concealed no, permit? No, no. I, I don't understand no, the you, legal you need realities. a permit. You need a permit, but it's concealed carry, so you can walk around with it. Yeah. Oh, otherwise, you have to leave it at home. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. And stored yeah. appropriately. You can't just sure. leave it in the car, okay? Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Don't police officers have concealed carry permit? Absolutely. I think it. I think it's a, a function of the job, even if they're retired law well, enforcement. Well, then how can there only be 197? I don't, maybe it's to just citizens. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's a good point. This is just an, an audit report. This works out to be one permit issued per every 50,000 residents. And yeah, it doesn't make a distinction between just citizens and those individuals who would use it as part of their job or after their job as part of their retirement. Well, qualified, active, and retired law enforcement officials do not need any additional concealed carry permits or licenses. Well, there you go. Federal law exempts them. See? See, that's why Amy King does the news. Well said. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Thank I'm you, Kelly. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. I'm going back to my roots another day. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It's the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. And you can tell a lot of stories in numbers. Depending on what type of story you want to tell, the numbers you'll use. If I were to tell you that it has improved in Chicago in terms of the murder rate, you would think that that's good news. I guess that is good news no matter what. But when you put it in its actual numerical context where 
It's a drop from 771 murders in 2016 down to 650 murders in 2017. Oh, is that all? Yeah, I guess that's progress, but Mm -hmm. is it significant? Joining me on the line right now is Ryan Burrow of ABC News. Ryan, it's good to talk to you again. Good talking to you. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's not something that the police superintendent is proud of. He's very happy that the numbers are trending down, especially with all of the changes that they've made over the last year. They're trying to hire a thousand new police officers. That does take some time. They're hoping by 2018 to have all thousand police officers on the street. Um, but they are down about 15 percent when it comes to homicides. Shootings down about 20 percent. We say 650, and that is uh, by all means an awful number. Uh, but when you break it down city by city uh, and look at the uh, the ratio to 100,000 people who live in the city, uh, right now Chicago has about 21 murders for every 100,000 people that live inside city limits. Baltimore, 65. Make the, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's 56 for every 100,000. So uh, as far as ratio goes, Baltimore is still leading the way as the murder capital of the United States. You, Ryan, are someone who grew up in suburban Chicago. You know that area better than most. For someone like me who is in Los Angeles, give me some context as far as the motivation or how this situation has escalated and grown out of control over the years. Yeah, it's it's been a combination of things. Uh, we You may remember in 2014 the fatal shooting of Laquan McDonald, a 17-year-old who was uh, – high on drugs and walking in the middle of the street. Police had just chased him, and uh, dash cam video shows a police officer firing his weapon, shooting McDonald 16 times. Uh, He was obviously killed. Even while McDonald was on the ground, this officer continued to fire. Uh, That obviously uh, had a big impact here in Chicago. The the superintendent was fired. The uh, state's attorney lost her job because uh, charges were not brought up against uh, the, the officer. Charges finally are, and we could finally see a criminal court trial on a murder charge sometime this year. But uh, many said that it made police officers worried, nervous. They did not want to engage anymore uh, for fear that um, certain videos would come out. They Mm -hmm. became gun-shy, if you will. Uh, And if you look at the parallel with Baltimore, you have something very, very similar with the death of Freddie Gray. You saw their murder numbers really spike after Freddie Gray's death in 2015. So that could play a big role in it. Uh, In Illinois, they just changed the law to allow uh, harsher and stricter penalties for repeat gun offenders. Uh, That's been something that the new superintendent, Eddie Johnson, has been fighting for because he says, uh, you know, cops will go, they'll lock someone up for a a gun offense, and then they'll be back out on the streets within days, even weeks, even after a violent crime was committed. They want to keep them behind bars for a longer period of time. So they're hoping that that helps as well. Is there any type of response from the community in terms of uh, welcoming this news, or is it being dismissed as, yes, yeah, good news, but still the state of Chicago has not changed ultimately? Yeah, you know, I mean, everyone's going to kind of spin the numbers the way they want to. I had a sit down with the police superintendent on Thursday, and, and he said, look, we, uh, anything over zero is unacceptable. But we said, okay, you, you're, you're trending in the right direction. Where do you want to get that number at? Where do you want to get that annual homicide total at? And he said, he pointed to Los Angeles as well as New York and said they've been able to do it and get it down to about 300 for massive populations of, of cities. So he's said, that would be my goal. Uh, Obviously, we're not there yet, but that's what he's looking for, 300. Before I let you go, for someone who doesn't know the, the geography of Chicago, what area 
of the city are most of these homicides taking place? A couple neighborhoods. There are 77 neighborhoods in Chicago, and we're literally talking about six neighborhoods, mostly on the south and west sides of the city, where um, it's it's just it's run by gangs. I, I don't really know how else to put it. Uh, you know, there, there's gun there's gun trafficking, there's drug trafficking, and a lot of the murders that we're seeing are uh, young men uh, who are caught up in the gang lifestyle. When when the stories get big is when you hear about these situations where uh, someone got caught up in the gunfire, maybe innocent bystanders. That's what really elevates the story level to something of, of big importance. But, um, you know, if it's people beefing on the corner or gang violence, uh, that just kind of falls by the wayside when it comes to coverage. Good news, bad news. Same old news, it seems like, for 2018. Hopefully it will get better. Ryan Burrow, ABC News correspondent. Ryan, thank you so much for all that you do. Take care. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. We'll have more in just a moment. Come with me now. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. Happy New Year. Hope your New Year is off to a wonderful start. We're just tuning in. I was responding to the remarks made by actress, director, producer Jodie Foster regarding superhero movies. And of course, if you listen to the Mo Kelly Show, Saturdays and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m., we know a little something about superhero movies. But I wanted to give some context to her remarks, which had received a lot of criticism from nerds and non-nerds alike. Quote, going to the movies has become like a theme park. Studios making bad content in order to appeal to the masses and shareholders is like fracking. You get the best return right now, but you wreck the earth. It's ruined the view- viewing habits of the American population and then ultimately the rest of the world. Now, if she had stopped right there, nobody probably would have had any issue with her comments. But she went on. I don't want to make $200 million movies about superheroes, close quote. Because she put superheroes on the end, nerds became offended. I'm a nerd. I wasn't offended. And I understand the context she was trying to give about the overall movie industry. Hollywood has gotten lazy. They're telling silly, insipid stories in general. There's no ingenuity. There's lacking creativity. You can look at all the movies on the slate this year, and most of them are sequels, reboots, remakes. That's just a a statistical fact. That's true. They're getting lazy. Now, although I may like a lot of the superhero movies, but I can be objective enough, take a step back and say, uh, most of the movies out there are garbage. And since we have more options available to us in a movie sense, in other words, If you don't go to a movie theater, you may wait for something to be available on digital download, or you may go to Netflix to find some movie offerings. There are other things pulling at our attention. For example, there was a lot of discussion around the movie Bright, which recently appeared on Netflix December 22nd, starring Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. It was made for about $90 million, which is like a... A, a, a real movie in the sense of that would be released in theaters in terms of budgetary concerns. I saw it, and I reluctantly saw it, and I saw a movie at certain points which was silly in nature, and if it, it, not unbelievable in the sense of because it's supposed to be a fantastical world of orcs and fairies and elves and LAPD all put together, 
but it did not make sense in how they were trying to tell the story itself. They were using plot lines and plot points from other movies like End of Watch and Training Day. I mean, stolen straight from the movies. It's just lazy. How could you expect me to watch Bright and not see, oh, that's just like End of Watch. Oh, that's just like Training Day. Police movies, relatively recent in our memories overall. And although Netflix, I think, reported that more than 12 million people have watched it thus far, I don't know how that figures into their return on investment because Netflix always hides that stuff. But I wonder if Jodie Foster isn't more correct than not. If we keep looking at our movie industry as a whole, I would say, and she's definitely saying, that there's a degree of laziness because, okay, we can throw out a superhero movie and it not be good, not be rewarding to the viewer, cater to uh, younger people with the most amount of disposable income, and yes, it may please the shareholders, you know, big investment, big return on investment, big bosses, happy. I get that. But ultimately, we're doing a disservice to the movie industry. Is that making any sense, Curtis? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I ask you because you're a nerd, as I am, so you would have a vested interest in all this. Yeah, well, and you were talking about Bright. I was, I never watched it. I, I chose not to watch it because, first of all, I saw who the director was, David Ayer. Who, who also directed. Our favorite movie, Suicide Squad. There so we go. I was already out. But just, I saw 30 seconds of it, and it's like, I, I like fantasy stuff. I am a big fantasy guy, but mixing... Like I saw, I saw a cop looking like an orc. I was like, "You don't cross the streams of these things." I don't know. To me, I was <laughs> Ghostbusters restaurants. I was done. Yeah, I was. I was over it. But but yeah, it's there. There's a and it's not not to open a open a sore wound there, but it's like Star Wars. It's they they use the title to appeal to one big group of people, the hardcore fans. Right. But that movie totally serviced a whole nother group, you know. And they're just trying to make the money because like like Amy was saying, I heard earlier today, it's. Top grossing movie end of the year, beat, beat Beauty and the Beast and everything. It's going to make that money. Right. And, and in that regard, mission accomplished. But for someone who appreciates the fullness of the Star Wars uh, canon and all of the movies as a whole, because I can't watch a Star Wars movie in a vacuum. I watch it with full knowledge of the previous seven movies and all the ancillary properties it makes a difference. And this movie was like, ah, don't worry about it. Let the past die. Forget about it. And there's Tony. Tony's been here forever. He's he's a diehard. He still has, he says he saves his uh, Empire Strikes Back comforter. He's still got it. Tony he's, Sorrentino? Yeah, Tony Sorrentino works here. He's been here forever. He says, I'm not spending another money in this franchise. They've lost a core group of people. And people thought it was just me. I remember because I did a movie review here on KFI days before it was released to the general public. And I received a lot of hate mail saying, no, Mo, you're just a hater. You don't know what you're talking about. It's Star Wars. And now people are coming around to my side, especially the purists. I don't care whether the movie makes $2 billion or not. It was, for me, a lazy effort and disrespectful to the true Star Wars moviegoer. And, Joey, you're a part of this uh this dynamic of younger people, you're younger than me, but who a lot of these movies are directed towards because they want your money. How are you feeling about all these remakes, these reboots and these resets? 
but not seemingly a lot of new ideas. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I am kind of right in the middle. I'm 34 years old, which kind of put me, puts me at the, the upper tier of the millennial age group. Uh, so I remember all the classic old films that I watched that my mom would show me and everything before the days really of the reboots and the remakes. And and it's exactly what you say. It's it's, it's stemmed from laziness and sherbets and, and how we know we can win. And hey, let's have a blockbuster hit and maybe not blockbuster content, you know, because it's not quite as important. Uh, it's depressing, but in the end, it uh, it's saving me a lot of money because I'm not going to the movies so much these days. Not only that, it used to be when you had a, a remake or reboot, it was because maybe because technology with 30, right. 40 years ago would not allow to tell that story a certain way back then, but you can better tell it now. Yeah. Now it's just, it's just laziness. They're not even trying to make something better. They're just trying to make something with the same name as before. Yeah. They had a movie called Point Break. And it had nothing to do with surfing. What the hell? You know what I watched last night was a uh, Total Recall, the original. And they never, oh, yeah, the original. <laughs> yes. And the one they made twenty years later yeah. didn't even go to Mars. What are you rebooting or remaking or what here? I mean, like, what's the connection? <laughs> I mean, if uh, they would have named it anything but Total Recall, that would have been a good movie with Colin Farrell <laughs> exactly. in its own right. But since you named it Total Recall, you want people like me who love the original to buy oh. in. That's called bait and switch, Ooh, big time. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Hey, bye, Curtis. Now that Clay is going to be taking over, thank you for your help today. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk.